Hey church family, welcome back to another Leroy UMC podcast. This week's Lenten sermon is about how we are called to read the Bible. It seems like such a simple thing, but really it is a discipline that many Christians just put on the back burner. Let's hear what Pastor Matthias has to say about it. Uh, but friends, this morning we are continuing together with our Lenten series. Uh, Lent, expect more. Uh, as we have uh, reminded ourselves each Sunday, the theme or the idea for the series is uh, that Lent is a season when Christ invites us to prepare ourselves to commit to new habits, new disciplines, new ways of life because we are called to expect more out of ourselves, more out of life, more out of everything. Uh, and as we continue to talk about uh, Lent, we are continuing to follow the Israelites uh, in their journey from the Red Sea to Mount Sinai. And this morning, they actually reach Mount Sinai. Uh, our reading is from Exodus chapter 19, verses 1 through 8. Friends, listen now for the word of the Lord. On the third new moon, after the Israelites had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that very day, they came into the wilderness of Sinai. They had journeyed from Rephidim, entered the wilderness of Sinai, and camped in the wilderness. And Israel camped there in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the Israelites, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession out of all the peoples. Indeed, the whole earth is mine, but you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. These are the words you shall speak to the Israelites. So Moses came, summoned the elders of the people, and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. And the people all answered as one, everything that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. Friends, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. There are a lot of strange things we do on Sunday morning. Seriously, objectively speaking, there are a lot of things we do at church and a lot of things we do as Christians that must seem pretty weird, if not absurd, to someone not familiar with church or not familiar with Christianity. Think about it. There's prayer, a moment when together we all bow our heads and speak together to someone we can't see in the room with us. There's the music, when it looks like we all just decided that it'd be fun to wake up really early on our day off to go sing in public in front of our friends. And in just a few minutes, we are all going to come forward to receive a piece of bread and grape juice that I am going to tell you is the body and blood of someone who lived 2,000 years ago. We do a lot of strange things on Sunday morning, and we do a lot of seemingly 
absurd things as Christians, but maybe the strangest thing that we do every Sunday morning is what we just did a second ago when I read from a book that was written about 3,000 years ago, said, this is the word of the Lord, and you all responded, thanks be to God. More than anything else, the scripture reading may be the strangest part of Sunday morning. I love the way that a pastor named William Williman put it when he described the scripture reading. Uh, Williman said that as Christians, we gather every Sunday, the scriptures are opened to the church, and together we say, let's all believe that this ancient book, written in a time and a language quite different from our own, by a people very different from us, that this ancient book knows more than we do. I mean, it's funny when you put it that way, but that's true. When we read the Bible as Christians, we are assuming that this ancient amalgamation of assorted books written by numerous unknown authors in a long-lost ancient world contains more eternal truth than any news program, textbook, biography, website, or person we could listen to today. This ancient book called the Bible, Christians argue, is the primary source of truth. And we don't just read this bizarre book to learn from it, but stranger still, we read the Bible to try and live by it. At face value, reading the Bible may be one of the most seemingly absurd things that our God expects us to do. 3,000 years ago, when the Israelites reached Mount Sinai, being told that they had to obey the voice of God probably would have been incredibly strange and maybe even absurd to them. Up until that point in the Exodus story, from the moment that the people left Egypt, throughout their entire time in the wilderness, God had been slowly but surely telling them what it meant to be God's people, telling them what God expected of them and how God expected them to live. When they finally reach the holy mountain, God speaks, saying, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession out of all the peoples. The whole earth is mine, but you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. That's quite a promise. If you obey my voice, God says, if you hear my will, if you listen to my words, then you will be my treasured possession. That's actually what the word obey means. It means to listen. As Henry Nouwen points out in one of his books, the word listen in Latin is audira. And when you listen fully, when you listen carefully, it's called ab audira. And that's where our word obedient comes from. To be obedient to God is to be fully 
attuned to God's words and completely focused on God's voice in a world full of all sorts of lesser voices and empty words that try to distract us. And on the other hand, when we're closed off and unwilling to listen, then in Latin we are surdus. And the more unwilling we are to listen, the more absurd we become. An absurd person is literally a person who will not listen to any voice or any words but their own. If you think about it that way, the moment in worship when we read scripture and listen together to God's words is literally speaking the least absurd thing that we do, and reading the Bible may be the most obedient thing we do as Christians. God expected the Israelites to listen to his words, to obey his voice. God wanted a people who would be devoted to the truths, the ideas, the promises, the covenants, the words that God would give them. And so not only does God say, if you listen to my voice, you will be my treasured possession, but Mount Sinai is actually the very first time when God will give the people words that are worthy of being called scripture. The Ten Commandments, the first law codes, the covenants are all given at Sinai. Exodus 19 is basically the beginning of the Torah. And from Sinai onwards, the Jewish people would always seek to listen. They would read the scriptures at every festival, in the temple, in every synagogue. Rabbis would pour over the Torah. Average Israelites would do their best to memorize favorite passages. Sitting with God's word became one of the most fundamental and essential worship practices of the Jewish people, and it had to be. It was imperative for the people to obey, to listen to God's words on a daily basis, because more than anything else that they might do, listening to God's words is what would turn them into God's treasured possession. More than the rituals, the sacrifices, even more than the covenants, it was listening to God's word that would make the people into God's people. That's the thing about reading the Bible. Reading the Bible isn't just about hearing important stories or even learning how God wants us all to be really nice people. That's what a lot of people today assume the Bible's all about, and because of that, a lot of people today don't bother to read it. Because let's face it, if the Bible is just a storybook or a collection of nice teachings, then I don't need the Bible. I can learn how to be nice from a self-help book and get good stories from Netflix. No, reading the Bible isn't about just nice teachings and good stories. But God expects us to read the Bible because God expects the Bible to change us. The Bible isn't just a dead collection of stories and teachings. It's a living document. And we are called to sit with it, 
to read its teachings, learn its stories, absorb its words, because if we sit with them long enough, then we might just hear the voice of God whisper beneath the words, and the words might just start to make us into something new. That's what's really going on at Mount Sinai. That's why we're called, expected to read this bizarre ancient book called the Bible, because God's people are those who are called to live from word to world. The words that we listen to every day are like the soil that our crops get. The quality of the soil is over time going to shape the plants just like the quality of the words we listen to on a daily basis are going to shape us over time. As Christians, we read scripture on a regular basis, a little bit every day to remind ourselves of what matters in a world full of things that don't. To recommit ourselves to what's eternal instead of the what's passing. And to listen to God's words not only tell us who we really are, but to let those words make us into something, into someone new. Christians are those who live from word to world because in this world, you may be a banker or a farmer or an investor or an engineer, but in this word, you're reminded that those are just jobs. Who you are is a loved disciple of Jesus Christ. In this world, your highest ambitions may be a good paycheck, a paid-off mortgage, a retirement fund, but in this word, we remember that no amount of money can ever give us meaning. Our purpose is the incredible part we get to play in God's story of salvation. The book we call the Bible is our primer for making sense of our world, of ourselves, of who we are becoming. It may be difficult to get into that habit at first. I'll admit it's tough to start reading the Bible every single day, and it can be strange, some of the things that we come across in the Bible. But as William Platcher once said, learning to trust the Bible is like learning to trust a friend. In order to trust a friend, you have to spend time with them, sit with them, talk with them. And the more time that you spend with them, the more you get to know them, know their personality and their character, know when they're joking and when they're serious, know when they're sharing a personal experience or just telling a story. And even though you may never fully understand everything that friend says, the more you know them, the more you trust that they have your best interests at heart and won't lead you astray. And so the more you not only get to know that friend, but the more you let them into your life and let them start to shape your life. That's how we're meant to read the Bible. We take just a little bit of time each day to sit with its poetry, its 
histories, its stories, its characters, its values, its questions and ideas, because the more time we spend with it, the more we start to make this beautifully strange ancient book into a trusted friend that can shape who we are. And the more we begin to listen to the words of grace that can shape our world, That's the beauty of Mount Sinai. That's the power of the scriptures we read. Christians are those who sit with the words of scripture, who learn to read the Bible like a trusted friend, because it is not a dead collection of ancient stories or nice teachings. It is a living means of grace. And if we listen to it long enough, if we wrestle with its stories, if we ask its questions, sit with its ideas, let it challenge us, then we might just start to hear the whisper of God's voice rise up from the pages to give us the words that make us into something new, a treasured possession, a holy nation, a faithful disciple, a servant with purpose, a loved child. So it's true, there are a lot of strange things we do on Sunday morning, and there are a lot of seemingly absurd things that we do as Christians, from praying to singing to communion to opening the pages of a 3,000-year-old book saying, this is the word of the Lord, and then letting those words change us. But the miracle is... It does. At face value, reading the Bible may seem like one of the most absurd things our God expects us to do, but in reality, it's the most obedient thing because it's the thing that most opens us up to hearing the voice of God, and it's the thing that calls us to let words of grace become our world. So when will you read scripture? When will you step into God's word and let that shape your world? When will you stop to listen to what God has to say about you instead of other people's passing opinions about you? When will you go to the mountain each day to hear the God who still speaks through ancient pages the words of that timeless promise If you obey, if you listen to my voice, then you will be mine, and I will make you into such an incredible treasure. Thanks be to God for it. Amen. Friends, please pray with me. God of covenants, call us out from this busy world and bring us to your holy mountain. Lord of truth, lead us to that moment each day, each morning, each evening, each lunch hour when we can be still and sit with your voice. Savior of change, give us the open hearts to learn to trust your good news and grant us the open ears to hear your words of new life. Lord, let us commit to reading your word and let us be changed by it that we might see the men and women you intend for us to be, 
and might each one of us become the treasured possession your word calls us to be. In the name of Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen. Again, we want to thank you for joining us today. I hope you are blessed and that you are a blessing to others. Go in peace.